What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guest on this week's episode of the podcast is super interesting. Connor is an extremely inspirational person that is creating something very amazing in the real estate investing space that is a little different than what you might think. He has a few multis around the Boston area, but is dominantly focused on his big project, Rentable. In this episode, we get into finding a problem in the marketplace to solve and interviewing your target demographic to gain information, the complicated security deposit process, prospecting for new clients for your business, and so much more. There is a ton of next-level information in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 37 of the Creating Wealth Podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of chatting with Connor Brennan, a Boston-based investor creating something a little different. I'm very excited to have him on. What's going on, Connor? What is new? What's up, Kyle? It's it's great to talk to you. I really appreciate you having me on. I've been watching your episodes and stuff. You have some great guests, so definitely an honor. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to kind of you know get into your story and and that uh you know thing that's a little bit different. Like I said, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing that you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to talk a bit. I know uh, you introduced me as 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 an investor. I would say I do own a couple multifamilies in the Boston area. I was lucky enough that uh, my parents. They were in, into real estate, and so they introduced me to it. Um, I think, you know, very fortunate in that regard. I have uh, a couple older brothers who are landlords in the area and stuff. So a little bit involved with that. But as you mentioned, kind of taking a different approach to it. Um, I'm actually building a software tool, a platform for automating the handling of security deposits and rental property inspections in addition to the last month's rent. So these are issues that a lot of landlords and property managers have. So building something to to make their lives easier. That's incredible. What kind of gave you the idea for that? Like, was it like personal experience and you just kind of saw the opportunity? And Yeah. So basically, as a lot of people do, I was just kind of talking with a friend about business ideas. We ultimately started talking about real estate a little bit because of my background, but we're also both renters living in the Boston area. So both pretty familiar with kind of the pain points of renting, at least from the renter's perspective. I knew a little bit about kind of the landlord view of things. So we started talking about different ideas and stuff that we could do basically. And what we ended up doing was interviewing like a hundred property managers or landlords in the Northeast, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, Jersey, places like that. And Ultimately, they all kind of talked about how much of a pain it was to handle security deposits. I'm, I'm sure you're you know, probably familiar with the process, but there's a ton of documents you have to handle, payments you have to take in person and go to the bank a, a lot to open up separate accounts and things of that nature. So basically, like after we talked to all these people, it became pretty clear, I would say, that it was a huge issue. And we both come from technology background. So I worked at a couple of tech companies in Boston. One's called Toast. It's this big uh, restaurant payments company. And so we had a little bit of experience when it came to this stuff. So we said, you know what, I think this would be a really great problem to solve. And it's a huge problem that we heard so much about. And ultimately, we just took a leap of faith and started, you know, building a team. And now we've built out the product. We've got people using it. 
and uh, it's been super exciting, a very fun experience so far. That's incredible. That's a ton of fun. I, I find it really interesting too, you know, how like you guys kind of got the idea and then like you interviewed a bunch of like, you know, a target demographics, you know, to really see if, you know, that idea resonated with them and everything. And yeah, exactly. I think um, a lot of the stuff that we read about startups and just starting companies in general, not necessarily just tech companies, a lot of people make the mistake of just starting it, thinking people are going to like it just because they had this great idea. So we said, you know what, we have to talk, like you said, to the target audience. So try to find people who had 50 or 100 or 500. We got lucky and talked to a few people with a thousand plus units. And that gave us a really kind of wide breadth of, of people to talk to. And they all said the same thing. You know, when you get to the huge people out there with 100,000, things are a little bit different sometimes. Mm -hmm. But for the people with a few thousand or less, which is, you know, 99% of the people out there, this, this is stuff that they deal with every day. And so it just became very clear that it was a big problem to solve. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a huge pain. I mean, people spend a ton of time dealing with security deposits and also fighting about security deposits. You know, every year it's tens of billions of dollars in the United States are fought over. And really it's, it's should be a pretty simple process when you move in this is what the unit looked like. This is where your money has gone. Now, when you move out, this is what the unit looks like. So in theory, it should be simple, but it obviously gets much more complicated than that. <laughs> I don't know too, too much about the security deposits quite yet, but yeah, like I've heard from, uh, you know, people like here and there and, you know, hearing conversations and stuff, like, like you were saying, you know, having to go to the bank and do separate accounts and like do this, that, the other and the interests and, you know, it's, yeah. it sounds like it's very complicated. <laughs> it's quite the list for sure. I mean, and you have to do things in a certain time frame, or else you might be liable for triple damages. And what's tough is that obviously security deposits are super necessary for people, right? I mean, you want to protect your asset. You want to make sure that your tenant has skin in the game where they don't want to just do damage and leave you high and dry. But the rules and regulations make it so difficult to handle them that it just becomes this huge time suck. And it doesn't really add anything to your life in terms of additional rent roll or revenue or NOI, anything like that. It's just this administrative burden that people have to handle. And once you hit, you know, even 20 units, 30 units, it can be every month you're going to the bank for a few hours. And that really adds up if you start to value your time, which real estate professionals, obviously your, your time becomes extremely valuable. So that's the pitch, you know, when it comes to the time saving. Also, if you don't handle things correctly, which a lot of people don't, you can get sued. And that kind of sounds far-fetched, but you'd be surprised at how many people hear their tenants are threatening to sue them or they've actually been sued. And it's almost like an insurance policy in some regards when it comes to situations like that. Yeah, that's brilliant. No. When you get your uh, house hack, you'll have to use us now that I've been well. on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> but um so do the rules kind of vary by state or is it like a like a federal kind of system or yeah so it's actually really... it's it's yeah. it's a great question <laughs> it's it's definitely state by state mm -hmm. and you know as you can imagine a lot of the states in the northeast are super tenant friendly and as a result they have a lot of laws around security deposits and the laws exist, you know, for good reason in the sense that they don't want you to mix your security deposit with your operating income because you might go 
spend it on something. You know, you might lose it. You might get uh, foreclosed upon or file for bankruptcy or something like that. And they want to protect the tenant's asset, which is their security deposit. So they instituted all of these rules. Massachusetts has some of the strictest rules in the country. I would say states like Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, cities even like Chicago, DC, they have very similar rules. And so there are a lot of kind of patterns that emerge in terms of you have to handle interest. It has to be uh, dispersed in 30 days or 45 days. So I think there's a lot of similarities. There are some nuances obviously between them. And then some states out there have no rules. The ones I'm sure you can guess, right? A lot of the Southern Midwestern states say you can commingle, you can do all of this stuff. But if you read the news and if you follow, you know, the processes there, a lot of people actually end up doing bad things, right? With the deposits, they'll embezzle it, they'll, they'll lose it. And so, you know, we're kind of seeing a trend, I think, even with COVID, where people are becoming more aware of their rights mm-hmm. and people are kind of uh, figuring this stuff out. So it'll be interesting to see if the country kind of goes more one direction or another, but it does seem like things are becoming more strict to protect people, especially as money's tight. You don't want, you know, someone losing their security deposit because their landlord mishandled it, for example. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, did you see kind of like a a change when everything started to kind of hit the fan with that? Like, yeah, I think um, in terms of COVID stuff. Yeah, you know, in terms of like, you know, your business and stuff like that. And yeah. So one good thing, obviously for the business, obviously it was a negative event for the world, but people don't want to be in person doing things. Right. So with our tool, you can open up a security deposit account from your couch, or you can have your, we also do property inspections, which I touched upon. So that's like move in, move out inspections, right. Tenants, you know, I had a few tenants who asked me not to come into the unit for great reason, obviously with COVID. We built this tool that actually lets them do an inspection. So I could invite the tenant to do it on my behalf, more or less. And then I can say, okay, is this good or is this not good? Do I want them to take some more? So we allow that level of flexibility. And I think that it really, it empowers the tenant, but it also saves you time because you don't have to drive over there. You don't have to inconvenience the tenant. And I think Ultimately, what we're trying to do is kind of improve the relationship between landlord and tenant. And it's a relationship, I think, that's been kind of fraught with issues over the years. I'm sure you're uh, not surprised to hear that, right? I mean, tenants and landlords have been fighting for a long time. And ultimately, it's because there's not a ton of transparency in the process. You know, you might pay your deposit. It goes somewhere. You don't really know where. You're not really involved in the move-in, move-out process from an inspection perspective. And then at the end of the lease, it's kind of up to your landlord. Like, am I ever going to see this money again? Or is it gone? And if it's gone, am I really going to sue him or her? Probably not, right? And so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And uh, I'd love to, to come back on when you got that house hack under your belt and see kind of how you know, you've navigated it. I'm sure you've talked to others in the industry who talk about how, you know, testy the relationship can become at times. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> it's a universal thing, right? Yeah, it definitely is. That, that really is crazy, man. Like, I, I love that idea so much. Like, just like the pros that you were listing are, are, you know, they just keep going on, you know what I mean? And like, like you said, you know, between the time and like the relationship between like the tenant and the landlord and, you know, just to be able to kind of give the tenant, you know, I guess like a, a little bit of 
I don't know if like power is the word, but responsibility maybe. You know, if they wanted to take the pictures and stuff themselves, like it right, is, that's incredible. And being able and I to think, uh, kind of do it, you know, from your couch as well. You know what I mean? Like, what's not? Oh up? yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially if you know, it's funny. We talk to some people, right? If if you're trying to grow your portfolio and if you're doing well, then it's a perfect product for someone like that, where you have to figure out, okay, how can I best allot my time? Right. If I go from 20 units to 40 units to 100 units, I can't rely on going into the bank or, you know, maybe I'll have to hire an assistant to handle tasks like that. And, you know, it becomes this calculation that you have to do. So I think people like that, it really resonates with them because it just saves you so much time and effort. And also, I think, you know, the people who care about the relationship with their tenants, they tend to be the good landlords out there, right? The ones who, who respect their tenants, want them to be involved, want to have a good relationship. And this is a perfect opportunity for them to kind of bring software into the picture, which, you know, as a young person myself, I'm always a huge fan of. I think, you know, there's a ton of wasted time um, where I've had to go and get certified checks at the bank, take the train downtown and took hours out of my day just to drop off this thing. And, you know, that's another reason I like it too, because I would actually use it and get a lot of value out of it. That is really cool. I mean, it's kind of cool how you can, you know, test it on your own properties as well. You know, like, oh, yeah, like done that. And like, you know, had little like things that you were thinking about implementing or taking out and like, you know, it's kind of tested in your your backyard, I guess you could say. Yeah, I actually (laughs) had the very first tenant who ever did an inspection with us was it was like two or three months ago now. Yep. when COVID was kind of more, we weren't at the vaccine level, we, we, what we are now. So I didn't want to be a burden and it was a great opportunity to test what we were building as well. So I sent it to, to her and she took like 60 photos. And I think it really, from talking to her, it added a lot of value because she, one could let me know there, you know, there was a slight issue somewhere that we had to get fixed. And I don't know if she would have really felt comfortable just kind of coming out and saying that necessarily. And so giving her the tools and I could see it, which was awesome. Like I just logged into my account and basically what happens is like, she takes all of these pictures and she writes notes and I can see the report on my end. And so right away I could say, Oh yeah, that, you know, that shouldn't be like that. Right. And it just gets, you know, it's very nice to see the, the, the output of the, this report that's really nicely generated, but also just having that relationship where I think, had I not done this, I probably never would have heard from her and maybe she would have had a worse experience. Right. And so I think that's where the kind of intangible value comes into play too, where you have tenants that are happier. Ultimately, they're probably less likely to leave. You're going to have lower turnover. You know, there's a lot that goes into, into this. And I think there's a lot of value there as well. Yeah. Wow. That is nuts. (laughs) So we're early stages, you know, obviously it's, and it's been very exciting, but we have, you know, seen people be very happy with, with the tool. And where I was mentioning to you off, off the air that we are doing cold calling and outreach and trying different ways to find people, because I think, you know, in the Boston, Massachusetts community more generally, it's something that could be super useful, but it's just about getting, you know, getting to the people at the right time, right? Like it's a super busy time for property managers and landlords right now. And so we've definitely faced like the challenge of, getting people to prioritize this versus doing a rental or doing a project. And so that's kind of what we're up against right now, I would say. And so it's been super interesting to see kind of 
that side of things as well, right? Like when are people, when's a good time to talk to people? Maybe we just punt the conversation a few weeks and let you wrap up that renovation and things like that have been really interesting to see that I think a few months ago, I wouldn't have really known, you know, we're going to happen. Kind of thought, you know, I might be able to reach out, you talk, yada, yada, but it takes a lot of effort. As you were saying as well, you were doing cold calling and mailers and, you know, it's not easy to get your name out there and, and kind of accomplish what you want to accomplish. You're right. That's definitely a really good point about like the best time to reach people, you know, because I mean, like the majority of the time, like the reality is, you know, people either aren't going to be around or busy or not want to talk to you. But like finding that actual like sweet spot, it is pretty difficult. You know, whether it's like a couple hours in the day, like the likelihood is a lot higher to get an actual response instead of a voicemail or something or. Right. You know, same thing with like sending out direct mail. Um you know, trying like different things with that, like different color envelopes. And you know, yeah, <laughs> like, that's actually, that's, that's, that's a, that's a really good idea. I, I would not have thought about that. I'm sure like <laughs> certain days are better exactly, to send out you know, things like that. It's really interesting. Cause it's hard to get the data for it, you know? Cause like, it, it's hard to like, I haven't even really found a good way to track the metrics for mailers, you know, like you send a bunch out. Great. Right. Like it's 50 in the mail. But like, you know, six months from now, one or two could be like, oh, this is, you know, maybe something. But Yeah, that's tough, actually. I think the advantage for us is we're doing all emails and things like that. And we can have a better sense of how many got opened, right? How many clicked on the content. And then we call them and we have a little bit better of a sense. I think with mail, I mean, that's tough because unless you're meticulously keeping track of how many sends you do and, you know, who opens which ones. I don't know how you'd uh, keep track of that. Do you have a system right now or are you just kind of uh, going with just trying different things out? Um, honestly, I mean, I recently made like a spreadsheet kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. for cold calls, I have uh, like I'll track like how many dials I did, how many contacts, like people I actually spoke with and answered the phone and then how many leads. Um and I just kind of like track those three. And then with the mail, it's like, oh, I sent out, you know, 25 today. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Because you know I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, it could be so delayed, like you said, it could be in six months that one you sent six months ago decided, yeah, I'm ready to sell. So exactly. Seems like a numbers game. Just throw it out there. Are you, you mean, I guess it's minimal cost, right? You're sending out one pagers, envelopes and stamps. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger, bigger picture, it's a smaller cost, but yeah. How are you uh, finding people? Are you just finding addresses that you'd be interested in and just. Yep. So I actually them? used um, a list from uh, a site called PropStream. Okay. It's uh, like a data, it's like a kind of an MLS on steroids, I guess you could say. Like there's a lot of different like public records and data and, you know, like there's heat maps and stuff for appreciation and growth and. I would actually oh, okay. recommend it, maybe. I don't know if you've kind of heard of it before, but... It's yeah, that's why I'm, I'm over here looking it up. I got to <laughs> write it down. Yeah, I think they have like a seven-day free trial or something like that. So. Yeah, it seems it seems pretty legit. So you have the big a big list of, of potential leads from them, and then you just... Yeah, they skip trace them, too. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, like the filters are pretty crazy. Like, you know, they have like equity percentage, you know, absentee-owned, like basically everything under the sun to try and get that list like as tight as possible right and you know you just buy the list and it's all skip traced and you know get the emails the numbers and it's it's pretty interesting 
<laughs> yeah. Do you have uh, certain things that you look at in terms of who you're trying to target or is that kind of at the list level? Like you want this type of house, this, these statistics. Um, yeah. It's more of a, more of like just the type, like obviously, you know, for me, it was like multifamily absentee owned. Um, I mean, it's always like, you know, kind of switching the lists around to try and like get people who are more motivated on one list to try and convert higher. And yeah. <laughs> right. I think it is I think it is really cool kind of what you're doing with the email though. I've never really like experimented with something like that before. Like is that a lot easier I guess to track, you know, to see like open rates and it sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier. I think um, you know, we use HubSpot. Yep. They're, you know, they're a Boston-based company. So they they provide a ton of tools for doing this stuff. So basically, you know, you can import a list of contacts so if you had a list of basically what you're talking about, leads more or less, you could import it into their system. And then once you do that, you can start sending emails either manually or like you can set up automations to send to these people every other day, right? And set up kind of like a sequence of emails. And then you can see in nice dashboards and stuff what the open rate was, what the click rate was, when did they open it? You can see like exactly when the person clicked and things like that. And so it's super valuable information, obviously. And also, you know, from, from our end and for someone like yourself, if you saw, oh, this person opened my email and clicked my piece of content 20 minutes ago, maybe I should give them a call, right? And I think stuff like that's super valuable. And I think uh, we are trying to experiment with the best times to email, the best times to follow up, how many times do you follow up without driving the person up the wall type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe it's never, maybe you just keep going. Um, so it's super valuable information, I would say. And it's a great tool. I think they even have a free, free tier, you know, that you could play around with. Yeah. That's actually, it's really funny you say that. You totally just blew my mind. Cause like I've been using HubSpot <laughs> for my CRM, like just for like random people. And yeah. It's a free one. And like I haven't explored it that much apparently. <laughs> like I just use like the free contacts. I'm like, all right, we're good. But oh yeah. my god, they get like stuff like that. Oh my god. Like you know, oh, they do. Homework. I mean, they do everything. <laughs> yeah. You could watch video after video and man, they just do so much stuff. So I don't even I would never call myself an expert. I'm learning stuff every day as well. So you're not alone. That's unbelievable. What? <laughs> I'm so, so excited. I'm definitely going to start doing some research after uh, after this. Yeah, you got to experiment the emails versus uh, mailers, and then you'll be right there with me figuring out when do I call these people? Yeah. Do I ever stop? <laughs> I mean, even like for something like a newsletter or something, too. Oh, yeah. Do, like, no, it's going to be great. And stuff, like, yeah. Yeah, I think people definitely do, and a lot of other kind of software out there integrates nicely with hubspot too where if you had something else you use to send like a newsletter type thing you could probably integrate it with hubspot and kind of see all the data in one place which is really nice as well that's incredible oh my god <laughs> yeah you gotta look into it <laughs> yeah totally so what's kind of your your drive and your vision for the long term like super bigger picture yeah i think that's a good question you know i think when it comes to the real estate stuff, like I try to stay involved with uh, my, my brothers. Like I mentioned, they do deals and sometimes I'm able to, you know, pitch in more or less kind of like 
not a really an investor. We go in, you know, just as brothers basically. And that's really cool. Like I really like doing that. And I think I'll continue to do that, but in a more of a passive way where I'm not actively finding deals necessarily or helping them out with renovations or, or anything like that. But, you know, playing somewhat of a role, taking, you know, taking some role there is nice. And it's great to learn and kind of build up that skill set while maintaining this other stuff that I'm doing. But for Rentable, which I don't think we even mentioned was the name, that's the company. Uh, yeah. So Rentable stuff. I think, you know, we are trying to build a platform for the, the landlord tenant relationship, as I've mentioned, and try to kind of overhaul the whole process for moving in and moving out of apartments or homes more generally. And I think in terms of vision, that's a pretty lofty one because it's uh, an industry that's been the same way for quite some time. And there's a lot of different companies out there trying to change pieces of it. But I think we're looking in the five, 10 year horizon to be the ones that really overhaul the entire experience for both sides, not just landlords or tenants, but both of them. Mm-hmm. We're starting with the security deposit and these inspections as kind of the wedge to get in the door because it's such a huge issue handling these payments and and doing these things. But there's a list of other pain points out there that a bunch of landlords and property managers have reiterated to us over and over again. You could get into screening tenants. You could get into doing maintenance. You could get into doing a whole bunch of things, kind of alternative payments, things like that. And so I think that that really is the vision. And, you know, we're really trying to build a, a really unique platform, one that, will help people, not just in Boston, not just in Massachusetts, but across the country. And I think that that would be an amazing experience for us. And I think we could build something really cool. And I mean, it's been a fun ride along the way. So I think it's been very fulfilling personally as well, just getting different experience, building teams, cold calling, you kind of do everything, you know, every day you do a little bit of of new stuff and it's just been a really great experience. And I think we're really just at the start of it. And over the next, you know, year, two, three years, I think we're really, you know, poised to to explode in the area, hopefully. I love that. I meant to ask you, are you guys kind of like dominantly beginning in like the Boston, uh, like the Massachusetts kind of market? Or are you kind of going in like a couple different states at once or? Yeah, so we, we're, you know, I'm from Brookline. So I grew up in the Boston area. Um, you know, my co-founder, he grew up in Connecticut. He lives in Boston now, and we both have lived here for several years. And I think it's just a natural fit that we start here. So really the focus is on, I would say Massachusetts. A lot of the people that we talk to are Boston focused. That's where I know people and that's where we're based and everything like that. I think over the next few months, we'll stick to kind of Massachusetts, try to find people here that are, that are interested, continue to add features and then go into other states in the area. I think given the Northeast is so compact, there are a ton of landlords and property managers who own in different states, which I think is is interesting. So we've talked to a bunch of people who have properties in Massachusetts and Connecticut or Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And so I think naturally we'll start to spread out a bit. Yeah. And that's kind of what you know we're hoping to do over the next probably six months or so. That's awesome. <laughs> So we'll see, you know, we're out here. uh, We have a a few dozen property managers and landlords in the Boston area utilizing the service. I would say in in Massachusetts more generally, we'd love to keep growing that number and kind of making sure everything is good on our ends and adding features that people want. 
And then eventually we're hoping it just becomes a no brainer for anyone in these areas. You know, you go to rentable for your move in, move out process. Because right now people are all over the map, right? People do things manually. Some people might use an iPhone to do an inspection. Some people use a checklist. It's kind of crazy, honestly, the things that we've heard some people do. So really standardizing that and becoming this name brand company for, for this process is kind of the goal. And starting in Boston, it's a huge market. It's a huge problem here specifically. And so I think that that's kind of been a natural starting point. And we're fortunate that, you know, we live here for that reason. <laughs> 100%. So what do you consider to be kind of the biggest variable to like expand in your clientele? Like, is it more, you know, just like the constant like marketing and prospecting or like, like the relationship networking kind of aspects? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. So as you mentioned, uh, at a high level, some of the some of the variables that are difficult are the fact that the, the laws are different by state, mm -hmm. but they're fairly similar. So I think that we can actually tackle those pretty well. And we're already able to operate in several states. So I would say before I started this whole thing, that was what I viewed as the biggest scary part because, okay, to get into this state, I have to know to do this thing. But in, in reality, once you start with Massachusetts, which is the strictest state, it's, you know, it can be quite easy actually to, to go into other places. I would say right now, you know, some of the issues that we're having are, are I wouldn't say issues, but things that are tough is really just prospecting, getting people at the right time, like we were talking about, because it's the summer months, people are, are renting, people are doing their projects, people are going on vacation, you know, so it's not the best time, I would say, to be pitching people on this cost time-saving software. Mm -hmm. I think that that's been probably the, the thing that's been the hardest challenge so far, but we're still having success. You know, We're still having people signing up and we're having conversations, which I think speaks to how bad of an issue it is. Because yeah. you know, if you're going on vacation or doing a project, you wouldn't be talking to us if it wasn't an issue for you. And I think we're really going to hit our stride even more come the fall months when people are kind of settled in and their rent, their rentals are, are all rented. You know, September 1st, obviously, is a huge day here. After that day, I think we'll have even more success getting people to kind of invest in their future and, you know, onboarding into this software that's going to save them a bunch of time next year, right? Uh, so I, I think that's been been super interesting and just learning about when do I call this person? When do I call this person? Do, you know, is, is this too many emails? Should I leave a voicemail? All of this stuff is, is really, it's hard to know. It's honestly feels like more of an art than a science. So <laughs> that can be frustrating. I'm sure, yeah, you, yeah. you've experienced it, but it can be really rewarding too when you get that call where the person's like, hey, yeah, I'd love to learn more. Or I'm willing to talk more. That's awesome, right? And it's kind of to be a little bit competitive with yourself and with other people to, to really want to go out there and take 20 no's just for that one yes, right? <laughs> yep. All it takes is one yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So makes it all worth it. Yeah, right. I definitely, uh, definitely agree. So I think that's kind of some of the challenges. You know, it's been really, really fun just doing it and, and being a part of the Boston's a huge technology scene for startups and, and companies like that. So taking part in, in, you know, the community has been great. I think people are really super friendly and very helpful, even in the real estate community as well. Everyone's been very helpful. Only a handful of people out of hundreds have been negative really in any way. Yeah. 
And I think that that's just speaks to the type of people and the community that exists there too, which I'm sure you've seen in your day to day. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it, <laughs> I apologize. It definitely was like a really big eye opener, you know, first stepping into the real estate investment space. It, like how many people are like actually like there to help each other out and, you know, be super genuine and like even in the same markets, you know, like you, you hear it all the time. Like, there's, uh, you know, enough of the pie for everybody, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's right. eating, you know? Like, <laughs> like we're all in this little space, you know, fighting, whatever, but... Exactly. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, you know? For the most part, like, 99% of the time, like, people are extremely nice, and... Because, I mean, it, real estate really is a team sport, you know? Like, you, uh, like you're going to have the property managers, and, like, everybody's kind of... Everybody has to work together to some degree, you know? To, right. Succeed. Well, I feel like people who, who aren't involved in the real estate scene could view it as you are competing with your neighbor, right? But in reality, like you said, there's so much to go around. And really, you know, people don't have infinite money, they can't just go out and buy up everything. So you're more inclined to help out your buddy. And then maybe he'll help you out after he buys his place and it kind of snowballs like that. And that, you know, I think, as an outsider initially is what I kind of thought, yeah. but now I've totally 180. I even, uh, I've been big on bigger pockets messaging people. Yeah. I'm sure you use, yeah, I think I've seen you on there and <laughs> everyone's been super friendly with me too. Just, you know, I'll, I'll DM people and they're more than happy to talk. And I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see and be a part of. So definitely very thankful for that. It would be tough to, to be doing what we're doing if, if people were, you know, less inclined to help, I would say. Yeah. I just want to touch on that real quick, the DMing people on, on bigger pockets and LinkedIn and Instagram and stuff. Literally, there is so much power behind sending somebody a DM and like, like usually what I'll do is, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm Kyle, whatever. Uh, like, I'd love to kind of hear your real estate investing story and connect and, you know, right. leave it at that. And literally like the relationships that you make from like just sending somebody a genuine D, like DM are crazy. You know, like, you, yeah, you I mean, that's how, that's how we got connected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah bigger pockets, especially, uh, you know, for the real estate investors out there. Um, yeah, no, I, I had never heard <laughs> of bigger pockets specifically until we started doing this with rentable and we, we started to use it as a way just to learn, you know, we weren't trying to pitch people or anything like that. We were just trying to talk and people were super receptive. I think everyone recognizes that you start at zero, right? Nobody starts with, a th I mean, some people start with a thousand units, right? If you're lucky, but <laughs> most people start from nothing and you have to just build it up. And so people are very willing to help. And uh, it's interesting. You mentioned Instagram. Has that been a, a, a means to success for you or is, did that work? Um, it definitely has in terms of like networking, literally like, <laughs> especially you know, like the suggested users, like, you know, friends of friends kind of thing. And yeah, you know, like just the relationships, you know, from people like at the bottom of the state and, you know, in New Hampshire, like they just kind of show up and, you know, you click follow and all of a sudden, like, you know, two other investors <laughs> show up and you're like, I have right. to know all these people, <laughs> you know, and like everybody, <laughs> it, <laughs> whoops, everybody has like a, a different story, you know, like you've oh, yeah. the same, like, you know, like two property managers aren't going to be the same, you know, or like two buy and hold investors, like they come from different places and yeah, 
you know, it's just, <coughs> oh, I apologize, guys. It's the allergies. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, I mean, like everybody <laughs> has, you know, the, uh, the different stories and everything. And, you know, it's just, it's really valuable just to kind of shoot the breeze with investors and, you know, loan officers and property managers and just kind of hear their beginnings. You know, because like you said, you know, like 99.9% of people start with nothing and you have to build it, you know, so like just to kind of hear like the, uh, the humble beginnings is, is really right. valuable a lot of the time, you know? And Yeah. And I mean, as you start, like, it's tough to start from nothing and think that you're alone. Right. And so by talking to all of these people, you end up talking to the guy with 500 units who 50 years ago had nothing. Right. And it, it's just inspiring. And I think that it, it is a path forward. And if people weren't so willing to talk and share, I think that it would be nearly impossible to start from nothing. Right. And, and go, because you need to have the, the trailblazers who, who did it before and, they give back to the community by, by helping out. And so I mean, it's interesting that Instagram works. I mean, I think at this point, all the social media platforms are kind of blending into one. And so I guess it makes sense, right? I mean, it's, it's just another way to connect. And I'm sure people are sharing their deals or pictures of renovations. And then, you know, all right, this guy, I need to talk to him. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's a really good point. I never really thought about it like that. You know, that like bigger picture, <laughs> like the social medias are all just kind of like one at this point. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> like, I log yeah. into LinkedIn and it's like, you know, an essay about someone's personal life and then pictures of, you know, who knows what. And so, yeah, I've started to notice at least on LinkedIn, definitely that it's, it's like becoming more almost like Facebook or, or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I do feel like longer term, they all just kind of, you might share a, a professional experience on Instagram and then a personal one on LinkedIn. Whereas five, 10 years ago, I don't think that was the case, at least from what I remember. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it just, I mean, I think pretty much like just the principle of like getting out there and talking to people is just like ridiculously valuable, you know? And like, like you said, you know, there are a lot of people that, that blaze the trail for you and, you know, are, are gonna like pull you up and, you know, right. I feel like the way I kind of think of it is like the people that, that helped me, like, you know, then you learn it and then, you know, you're like the next guy, you know, to pull yeah. other people out with you, you Pay know, like forward. the circle. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's incredibly interesting, you know, and like it's seen too that like some of the most successful people are the ones that help out the most people, you know, and it's, oh yeah, it really is incredible right. to, to look at, you know, like it's not, yeah, it's almost like, how do they have, how do they have so much time? Right. If they're, if they're these successful guys, but yeah, I think uh, it's awesome. I think also real estate is great because you don't need to have any kind of arbitrary college degree or go to a fancy school. You can kind of just grind it out. And if you're smart and you know people and you really uh, play the game, you can be successful, right? Whereas in other industries, you might need a graduate degree or you know, God knows what to get in. So I think it's really cool to, to see that as well. Yeah, definitely. It, it really is like just a different like field like you said you know what i mean like there's not one like right way to to do things you know like you could be like as creatively as you want you know there's like a million yeah. different niches and you know oh right? yeah like like you don't need any kind of degree or a license or anything you know like you just kind of 
you know, play around, see what works, what doesn't, like, you know, what works for you, you know, and the sky's the limit. Yeah, I've started to see people on on online be like, they only invest in trailer parks, for example, and that, I never thought about that as an investment strategy, and it, it just kind of exemplifies the fact that you can just focus on a niche, like you're saying, and just go for it, and if you become the master of, of the that niche, you know, you can be super successful, regardless of if it's modular homes or trailer parks or multifamilies or you're an apartment syndicator, right? You can do all sorts of things. And it's pretty remarkable. I, I would say before before I was doing what I'm doing now, I was not aware of all the different paths. My family members are mostly buy and holds investors where they might buy a triple decker and rehab it. But there's so many different ways that you can go. And I think if you're smart, you can be successful in any of them. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and even like you could try out a lot of them, you know what I mean? And like see if oh, it works yeah. for you and see if it doesn't, you know, like right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It real estate really is like nothing else. You know? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean it's <laughs> yeah. We'll see uh I'm looking forward to seeing how uh things go on your end. I mean, you're uh I, we talked about this last time we were on the phone, but everyone must say how jealous they are that you're so young, right? Especially in the real estate world, I feel like it skews older too. It, it definitely does. I, I honestly, I got extremely lucky. Like I started getting into invest in a couple months before I turned 18. And then, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I just, I fell in love with investing in general, you know, and like equities and that turned into real estate and it just, I don't know. I got very lucky. Most people are doing other things when they're 18 or 17. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun to you know kind of spread the message and you know just kind of show other people what's possible you know like even like younger i once in a while like i'll find people who are like 18 19 years old like younger than me i'm like you gotta yeah crush it you know like go do this, right. you, got this. <laughs> you know and it's just it's it's a lot of fun you know to to kind of see people um just starting off so young in general you know what i mean and even like in their 20s as well you know like bigger picture like that's young as hell like that's oh like yeah the very beginning you know what I mean? yeah like yeah it's what is uh what's your vision for your own uh kind of personal real estate path what's your goal um <laughs> honestly i mean the plan now is to you know basically kind of do like the stack like brandon turner's the stack i don't i don't know if everybody's kind of familiar with that but i don't know if he coined it or, or whatever so <laughs> um brandon turner he's one of the hosts on the bigger pockets podcast he talks right. about something all the time called the stack where you know you either buy like a single family and rent it out or you buy like a duplex and rent it out and then you know like the next year or like your next property you'll buy a three family and then, you know, you'll buy a four and that'll turn into a six and a 10. And, you know, like, yeah. just kind of keep building your way up. Um, so definitely something like that. I mean, I totally want to get into my first house hack, you know, as a two or a three. And then, you know, be able to refi out, you know, to get the next one and um, pretty much just keep building up. You know, I mean, right. I have a vision of kind of making a... Um, like a lead generation, like funnel kind of thing and being able to <coughs> kind of have a, a pipeline full of deals, like across the U S and kind of have people in each market and, 
just kind of be all around, you know? And yeah. <laughs> Would you, uh, I know you're looking in the boss scenario, Lowell, um, would you be looking elsewhere? Would you be open to that? Or are you trying to stay local for the first um, few? I think for the first one, I definitely want it kind of around here. Yeah. Um, but maybe for number two, you know, once you kind of get the processes in place and, you know, kind of right. build things up a little bit more, I would totally be a lot more open to, you know, like doing something out of state. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the first one being out of state would be tough, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like what we were talking about earlier, to kind of go go back to that, like, you know, I'd totally seek out as many, like, out-of-state investors or investors with out-of-state properties as possible and just kind of, you know, make those connections and stuff and be like, hey, you know, how do I do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, I was thinking about this market, this market, and this market, you know, for these three reasons, like this data what do you think about that? You know, and yeah. just kind of, you know, find those people that have, have blazed the trail already. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely, uh, that's a good strategy. I mean, I think there's gotta be some, some metrics out there that really make it clear which areas are better than others. I think it would be great to talk to them as well about the logistics, because I'm sure, there are some horror stories out there, you know, finding a property manager out of state, you know, how do you know they're doing their job, things like that. So I think it'd be really interesting. I, I you know, the more I read about people on bigger pockets and other places like that, seems like it's pretty common. And so I'm sure, you know, there are a ton of people out there who'd love to, to talk with you about it. Um, it's funny, I, I, you know, growing up, I, my whole family was all about investing where you know, right, like they're big into, you need to know the neighborhoods. That's how you find the deals. And I think that that's definitely true. It's just a different strategy. And so, you know, it's interesting to see that some people just look at kind of high level metrics, demographic data, who's moving where, let's try to take advantage of that. Just a totally different strategy that I, you know, I didn't know anything about. So that's been really interesting to you to, to read about and see people do. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm so jealous that you have a family of investors, man. I would literally like kill to have that. <laughs> I'm like, my mom looks at me like I have 10 heads for it, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. some of the stuff that I want to do. Like, she doesn't have any idea. How was it kind of, <laughs> I guess, like growing up with, you know, like investors literally all around you? Like, did they kind of, I guess, like instill like a investors, you know, like wealth building mentality from like a, a young age? Or was it just kind of like something on the side? Yeah, I think my, my parents did a great job with things like that. So they, 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 so they immigrated from Ireland to the United States. So they moved here. They didn't really have a network. They didn't have, obviously they had the Irish network more generally, which in Boston is huge, mm -hmm. but you know, they kind of moved here when they were your age, basically 20 or 21. And they kind of viewed it as a lot of people do as the way to build wealth in the long term. And they weren't really equipped to do traditional corporate jobs and things of that nature. So it was almost their only choice to, to do something like that to, to better themselves and to give us a, a good future and everything like that. So super lucky that, that they were able to, to blaze the trail, right? That's why I was bringing it up because I saw it firsthand that like they grinded it out. They, they networked, they did all this stuff to find their first deal and kind of how you were talking about just snowballed it. And obviously there were ups and downs and they learned a lot. And I think Growing up, the biggest 
thing is probably the the idea of being your own boss of of kind of building something over the long run and not expecting things to just you know happen right away and kind of high level principles like that you know we weren't sitting around the table talking about cap rates and other things like that but there's certain things you learn just from talking to them that stick with you uh, they did they also did things aside from real estate they they owned a couple small businesses and they were just very entrepreneurial i would say and that that's kind of what was instilled in us uh, not necessarily owning triple deckers but just doing something on your own and yeah. that's really powerful and i think it's it's a story that a lot of immigrants have and share and just super lucky to to have them around and but learn from them obviously you know what i'm doing is is not investing in real estate, but it is doing something on my own. And I think that that's super powerful and I owe it all to them really to, to have learned that. So definitely was a huge advantage, I would say. And, and uh, just seeing that world, cause most people, you know, have parents who have typical jobs and there's a lot of value there, but if you want to go off on your own, like you were saying, it's tough to, to have kind of parents who would look at you with like, you have three heads if you're talking about house hacking or something like that, you know, uh, so it definitely was a huge advantage. And I think now my brothers are big into it. So it's great to have them too, just to, to bounce ideas off of. They're obviously more, more into it than me, like more involved day to day. And so they're the experts and I just rely on them for, you know, certain info. Wow. That's incredible, man. That, that really is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you know, very lucky, very lucky, I would say for, for my end. So I can't claim too much, too much credit for that. <laughs> But yeah, ooh, actually, what is your best piece of advice for new investors or like new business owners uh, wanting to wanting to kind of start out? Yeah, I think um, I saw that. I was like, am I qualified <laughs> to answer this question? <laughs> I think uh, I'll stick to the the second part of advice for like if I could give advice to my self eight or ten months ago, which is when we started this whole journey. Um, and maybe it rings true for investors too, but I think I was really impatient, I would say, where I kind of expected things to happen a lot quicker and just knowing that things take time and that's, that can be okay. And I think that would have saved me a lot of stress and anxiety 10 months ago because you kind of just want it to happen overnight. Right. And knowing that it's, it's, it's going to be multiple years, you got to build and you got to build relationships in our case, build software. And, but a lot of that rings true in kind of anything that you're going to do. Like you said, if you start real estate investing in your twenties, that's still super early. You're going to have decades, hopefully to continue to build and stack on yourself. And, you know, hoping that in a few years, look back and, and think about, it actually did happen quickly, right? And I just needed to have that perspective of it doesn't need to happen in a week or a month. If it takes a few years, that's okay. I mean, we're building something bigger. And so I think that's that's advice I would give to myself and maybe other people would find value in that too. But I think it does ring true for the real estate investing as well. Yeah, totally. That really is golden. It's it's hard to kind of implement it too. You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. that vision and you want it so bad. You're like, come on, man. Like, why isn't it here yet? But like you said, you know, if it's anything like really big and, and very significant, you know, it could be like years before that happens, you know, just to kind of, yeah. you know, enjoy things like the little things as they're getting built, like you're on the right, 
path, right direction, and just kind of enjoying yeah. the ride. I would say definitely. And I think you can relate to this too, of there's going to be ups and downs as well. Yep. So, you know, you mentioned you had a deal fall through, right? That obviously was very negative news. And I'm sure at the time it felt terrible, right? And now hopefully <laughs> looking back, you might've taken some, you know, some learnings from it. And, you know, we had very similar things happen as well, where in the moment, it feels like the sky is falling, right? But you become stronger for it. And I think as long as you take that approach of always wanting to learn from the experience, yep. you know, hopefully in theory, you should be better off for it in the long run. Yeah, totally. I mean, if nothing else, you know, just to take like any kind of lessons at all from, from those failures and, you know, just to kind of keep moving forward. And yeah, I mean, it's tough because you, you feel like, packing it in and giving it up. And I think that's where having a good support system too of friends and colleagues and things like that is invaluable. So yeah, definitely. I could talk to you for hours, Connor. Thank you very much <laughs> for coming on here, man. I, I, <laughs> I can't wait to see where you are, man, and where the business is. I'm extremely excited for that. I absolutely love that idea. And, you know, I, I hope it's across the US, you know what I mean? I, I'm so excited. Where on, on social media, you know, can you and, and the company be found? Or yeah, so we, uh, if you go to rentable.com, yep. that's where we, uh, we can be found right now. We're on LinkedIn as well as, as rentable. Mm -hmm. um, so we should be easy to find on most channels. Yep. We uh, will be revamping our website in the next like week, honestly. So it's going to look a lot cleaner, a lot newer. We, we just got into this, uh, it's called an accelerator. Uh, basically, it's where startups go to get a lot of resources from like mentorship and office space and other things like that. So we're super excited. Uh, so things are looking up on our end and I hope I can come back on here in you know, six months or a year and, and talk about the, the progress that we've made. And I think that'd be awesome. So I really appreciate that you had me on. I think it was a lot of fun. I've, I've learned a lot and uh, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> thank you very much, Connor. It, it really does sound great. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. We'll definitely talk soon, man. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.